Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com. From the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Wednesday, December 23rd. I'm Rachel Lippman. Ahead, for many Midwestern states, this was the first year of legal hemp production. And while challenges persist, many remain hopeful for the crop's future. I think that within the next five to ten years, hemp will be, in terms of the dollar amounts, one of the top three uh, agricultural exports of the state of Illinois. Harvest Public Media's Dana Cronin has more on how farmers fared in 2020. But first, this news. Two prominent boys and girls clubs in the St. Louis region will merge on January 1st. The combined Matthews Dickey Boys and Girls Club and the Boys and Girls Club of Greater St. Louis will offer more programs to children in North St. Louis. St. Louis Public Radio's Andrea Henderson reports. The Matthews Dickey Boys and Girls Club has served young people for more than 60 years. The club's services and programs helped many become entrepreneurs, athletes, and leaders in the region. LaVicki Foxwell-Hart is chairperson of the Boys and Girls Club of Greater St. Louis. She says the collaboration will prioritize education and health to help more children seek a better life. Our mission has always been producing physically active, well-educated, and hopeful students. And this partnership just gives us more opportunities. Hart says the Greater St. Louis Club will help Matthews Dickey expand its nationally recognized sports programs. I'm Andrea Henderson, St. Louis Public Radio. Members of the St. Louis County Council say a new report that found a, quote, serious racial divide in the county's police department is nothing new. The council's Health, Justice and Welfare Committee met Tuesday to discuss the review, which was done by an outside consulting group. The report recommended, among other things, additional staff and support for the department's new diversity and inclusion unit and more outreach to communities of color by Chief Mary Barton. Democrat Rita Heard Days of Bell Noor says she hopes county officials take the advice seriously this time. I just don't want this again, that we're sitting here with another report that we're going to go through and it will sit on the shelf, a lack of, of, of uh, willingness to do what is uh, required or asked for in this report. Barton was unable to attend the committee meeting. She said in a statement Monday that she was grateful for the opportunity to improve the department. Health officials across the St. Louis region are urging residents to keep Christmas gatherings small as the coronavirus pandemic continues to stretch resources to their limit. The growth in new cases has plateaued a bit, but at a very high level. The St. Louis Metropolitan Pandemic Task Force announced yesterday that hospital bed capacity in the region is at 82 percent, with intensive care units at 90 percent capacity. Officials are urging Missourians to get tested even if they don't have symptoms to stop the spread of the virus through asymptomatic carriers. The most recent U.S. farm bill legalized hemp production nationwide but left individual states in charge of the oversight. As the crop continues to roll out across the Midwest, some states are seeing more success than others. But as Harvest Public Media's Dana Cronin reports, farmers generally remain optimistic about hemp's future. 0.3 percent is hemp's magic number. That's the level of tetrahydrocannabinol, or THC, that distinguishes hemp from marijuana and one of the few things the federal government regulates. Jay Kada didn't quite make the cut. We were the first crop in Iowa to test hot 
Um, we, we were more than twice the limit uh, of THC in our plants. He and his colleagues who run 4M Farms in southeast Iowa had no other choice. We had to mow everything down and burn it. Kata says growing hemp is hard work. Unlike row crops, most things have to be done by hand. I have a newborn baby, so I spent all summer, instead of playing with her, I was weeding a field. You know, we were filthy and we were dirty and we were sweaty and it sucked and it was hot and it was miserable. And after all that, she's like, that's cool. I'm just going to light that on fire. Kata isn't the only one. About 13 percent of Iowa's hemp crop came in above the legal THC threshold. In Missouri, it was about 9 percent. That's largely because for many states like Iowa and Missouri, this was the first year of legal hemp production. Anytime you start something up, I think you have some highs and some lows and some things you didn't see coming at you. Robin Prusner oversees the hemp program for Iowa's Department of Agriculture. She says there have been a whole host of challenges for farmers this year, including the amount of sheer manual labor. That's like, you know, having a tomato garden that's five acres or however big compared to just your little kind of more typical garden in the backyard. Producers across the Midwest struggled with other issues in the field this year, like pests and weeds. But it didn't get much easier once the hemp was harvested. Most hemp grown in the Midwest is for CBD, or cannabidiol, which is the non-psychoactive ingredient found in the cannabis plant. Extracting the CBD requires a processor. But because the industry is still so new, there's a severe lack of licensed processors across the region. We have now licensed 364 hemp processors um, for what is, at this exact moment of time, an exact 800 uh, licensed hemp growers. David Lakeman manages the Division of Cannabis Regulation at the Illinois Department of Ag. He says the gap between growers and processors has narrowed slightly this year. But some more experienced farmers have figured out a workaround by acquiring their own processing licenses. Farmers like Andy Houston, who's been growing hemp in Illinois for three years now. The CBD that's in our products came off of our farm. We know exactly where it's been. We know exactly what, how it was raised. Because he has dual licenses, Houston can grow the hemp, extract the oil himself, and then sell different infused products on site. It's a model that's worked well for him. And along with a great growing season this year, Houston says he's optimistic about hemp's future in the state. Oh, the hemp's going to be around. I mean, it's just, it works too good not to be around. Not only does the product work well in terms of relieving aches and pains, Houston says hemp also loves the Midwestern climate. Not to mention, the CBD market continues to grow. David Lakeman at Illinois' Department of Ag says, look out, corn and soybeans. I think that within the next five to ten years, hemp will be, in terms of the dollar amounts, one of the top three uh, agricultural exports of the state of Illinois. He says hemp's medical and industrial potential, plus the ingenuity of growers, means the crop's future is bright. I'm Dana Cronin, Harvest Public Media. Harvest Public Media helped Dana edit that piece. The executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio is Shula Newman. And the music you hear on The Gateway is by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. This is the last episode of The Gateway for 2020. The podcast and Wayne Pratt will return January 4th. Until then, we wish you all a safe, happy, and healthy holiday season. I'm Rachel Lippman, and from the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this has been The Gateway. 
Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.